0: And welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. Praying through a storm. This has been uh, this has been on my heart for uh, for a little while now, and it'll be about three weeks um, that we're going to uh, get into some different um, kind of different ideas and, and thoughts about what the Word of God says about prayer. And I I already know what he's doing next week for sure, but I think it's important to lay the groundwork. How many of you have been through a storm in your life? How many of you are walking through one right now? Amen. You wouldn't be very lonely. You You wouldn't be the only one if you were to raise your hand. I'm not talking about a physical storm. I'm not talking about... Uh, just something that, that that comes in and blows. Some of these storms, some of the things I'm talking about, they can last for years. In some cases, they can last you know, a, a lifetime as you're battling through that, as you're trying to get the victory over one area in your life or where maybe the enemy uh, has come against you. Or sometimes life is just disappointing. Um, there are many, many, many different forms that a storm can take. And the passage of Scripture that God laid on my heart this morning is in Acts 27, 13... Through 25, Acts 27, verses 13 through 25, to set the uh, you know, to set the context here, the apostle Paul is on his way uh, to where God has ordained for him to go. He's going to go to Rome. He's going to uh, to give testimony. He's going to write, you know, a whole lot of the Pauline epistles. He's going to write while he's incarcerated at this point. And even though uh, the enemy is going to jail him, he's going to be shackled. He's basically, or he won't be shackled. He'll be, you know, controlled. He'll be in this one area under wraps, under guard. But he will do some of his most long-lasting and impactful work in conditions that seem like he's totally, uh, you know, unable to serve God, unable to fulfill his calling. He goes there and he goes to Rome and he's going to be locked up and that is when he's going to do the most important things of his life. Sometimes it's like that for us, isn't it? Sometimes the most far-reaching and impactful things that you'll ever do are are the times when you feel the most useless, the most tied down, the most uh, kind of estranged, and that's the truth. Sometimes God is doing something deep in you that is going to be far-reaching beyond anything that you can understand or comprehend. And you say, well, I thought that was my most dead season. I thought that was my most disappointing time in my life. But in those moments, in those times when I trusted God, He was doing a work in me that was going to be far-reaching. So the Apostle Paul, he knows where he's supposed to go. He gets on a ship, and he's bound for Rome. He is a prisoner, and he has told these men, don't do it. Not right now. I know where we're going. We're going to Rome. I'm not making excuses. But if you do this, we're going to lose the ship. And all the cargo, everything that you have, uh, we're going to lose. We're going to put ourselves in terrible, terrible straits because there is a storm coming. Amen. Sometimes it's important to listen to a message like this, whether or not you like the preacher or think he's going to do a good job or not, because a storm is coming. Sometimes God will use a man of God and you say, well, I, this don't apply to me. Let me go ahead and just, just you know scroll around, see what's going on in the world, uh, because I'm good right now, but sometimes the Lord knows that there is a storm. There's a challenge coming. I'm not speaking doom and gloom on you uh, and, and hoping for that, but I'm saying we need to heed the voice of God and whenever we're together, His manifest presence begins to move. We need to incline our ear because God will speak. So the man of God speaks and he warns them. And they decide to go on anyway. And picking up in Acts chapter 27, 13, when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, a tempestuous head of wind arose called Eurocladon And when the storm was caught and they could not head into the wind, we let her drive and running unto the shelter of an island called Clouda, We secured the skiff with difficulty. When they had taken it aboard, they used cables to undergird the ship. And fearing lest they should run aground on the Sirtis sands, they struck sail and so were driven. Say that five times fast. The Sirtis sands, they were struck sail and they were so driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. On the third day we threw away the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now when neither the sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us. You ever feel like you just got beat on? Sometimes the KJV um, or NKJV, you know, it can, it can be very formal. And then sometimes like something like it, it, differently, it'll just sound just so real. And Paul just said, and that storm just beat on us it just beat until it couldn't beat us no more. You know, and it kind of slips through. It beat on us. All hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from fruit, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me. He's not afraid to say, I told you so. You should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship for there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve saying do not be afraid Paul you must be brought before Caesar and indeed God has granted you and all those who sail with you therefore take heart men for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me let's bow our heads Heavenly Father we honor your word we thank you Lord Jesus for your power and Lord that you are here in a special way this morning God I pray that you speak and encourage have your holy way. Have your precious way in our lives and our service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So that, that, that's, that's my message this morning. I want to just encourage you. I want to maybe instruct you from the word of God about praying through a storm. Praying through a storm. There's nothing that I can say. There is no message that I can preach. And believe me, buddy, I have tried. There is nothing I can do to end your storm. And that just grinds my gears, you know? I wish that, that, that a pastor just had this superpower that the people that I love and pray for and want good things for, just like the Lord does, that I could just lay my hand and pray that, that it'd just be over, and then all of a sudden I could say something from the Word, and you'd be like, oh, it don't hurt no more. And it doesn't work like that, does it? I mean, sometimes God moves in supernatural healing and just ends it like that. But a lot of times, when I'm talking about a storm, I don't have the ability to just end that storm in your life. I wish that I did. I wish that anybody could. But sometimes God allows us to walk through difficult seasons and times and trials for his glory and for the furtherance of his kingdom manifest in your life. It's not easy. But I want to teach you how to pray through a storm how to get through it. Sometimes you can't just sail out of it. Sometimes you know, God doesn't just blow it away you know, with, a, you know, with a wind from elsewhere. Sometimes he does, but sometimes you've got to stick it out. Sometimes you've got to sail right through it. So i got three things that I want to teach you this morning or encourage you in. Praying through a storm. It requires that you prioritize prayer as the conduit and God as the source of your survival. You prioritize faith in God. If you feel tossed, you feel like you're walking through something that there is no answer in the natural. That you have been able to figure out. That you've been able to, you know, go. You know, maybe it's something in your marriage. And no matter how many times you reset the clock and you try and have a good day, it's just it, it tempers flare and it just frays and it just you cannot say anything right and they can't say anything right and you just you, like I said, you just kind of just cannot seem to bring reconciliation to a relationship. Maybe there's something uh, that's going on in your life, something you wouldn't want nobody else to know. But in that area, you just simply cannot defeat it. It, it, It's there. It weighs heavily. Sometimes it's depression. Sometimes uh, it's discouragement. Sometimes it's self-doubt. It could be a myriad of different things. But let me tell you, God can bring you through this. God will bring you through this because there is another side to this. But got to re- you have got to prioritize prayer and seeking God as the conduit and God as the source of your survival. I was telling Darian just, what, last night, night before last? Uh, When we were out here doing some outreach, I was telling him about, uh, you know, whenever I was in India, and there was a little guy um, that I, you know, began to witness to and to share, you know, uh, God's plan of salvation and who Jesus was to this little guy, and he was just kind of like, you know, out in the market square, and so I talked to him. I said, well, do you know about Jesus? You know, do you understand enough to understand, you know, what I'm saying? We began to communicate in in, in broken English, and so he, he, a light kind of went off in his head. He said, yeah, oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, for sure. Jesus. And then he showed me his his little homemade tattoos all over his arms with all the different insignias and marks of all the different gods. And sure enough, there was a cross there, too. And he said, got this one, got that one, got that one, check, 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 got this one right here. I got lots of them. I got him, too, packed away for a rainy day just in case, you know, he's the one that happens to be listening at that time. Now, we would never do that, right? But how many of us would put our faith in the things of this world, our faith in our job, our faith in the relationships that we have, our faith in our own ability? If you're, if you're anything like a man, you try to fix problems, right? Amen? Amen, men? We try and fix problems. Try and make the world a better place. Whenever something's going wrong, you, you want to be a part of the solution, not just a complainer about the problem, right? You you, you want it whenever something's hurting in your family, you wanna you wanna do something. You wanna help them, whether you know it's financially or working harder or, or just like lifting somebody up. Whatever it is, you want to carry that burden. That's what it is to what it's meant to be. To be a man, to be a man of God, is somebody who supports, somebody who uplifts. We want those things, right? It's easy to begin to worship other things in that sense, right? We would never have tattoos of other faces of other gods. However, you know, the the God of this, you know, whenever we prioritize different things above God, it's a lot different story. It's easy to pray whenever it's the last option left, but you don't have to wait for it to be the last option left. As a matter of fact, that is very counterproductive to your life and to your success and to your walk with God, that you always turn lastly to prayer and to God's faithfulness. Amen? God is the, always the best first option, but he makes a very poor second option because that's not how he operates. That's not how he walks. That's not how he intervenes. I knew a guy, oh, uh, man, years ago. I guess I still know. Him. I haven't talked to him in forever. And he was telling me about the story of how him and his wife met. And there's, you know, there's some that are romantic, and you're like, aw. Somebody say aw? Yeah, there you go. This was not one of those. <laughs> this was appalling. And he, so he says, he was like, yeah. I was trying to make up my mind between this girl and that girl, and I told them both about it, and I said, and he kept dating them both, I know, I know, right, and he said, and I, t- and I said, and I told him, I told him, I said, I'm praying about it, I'm thinking about it, and I'll, I'll let you know, what, you know, who I decide to go with, like he was in the draft, like he was drafting a team, you know, and so he's bragging about that, and I was like, whew, Good night. Josh, Darren, don't take no notes about that. This is the wrong way. Wrong way to go about this. And he told me that he was going to let them know, and that's how it was going to be. So he told both of them with this asinine plan. And uh, one of them just told him off. Can a lady say amen? <laughs> just told him off. And, and told, And even though he thought that he had the power of decision... Um, that decision was made for him, in very explicit terms. Yeah, not nasty, just very straightforward and, and aggressive terms. And she said, "No, no, no, no. Like you know, you, you you've made up your decision. Like you don't. I'm gonna take that out of your um, your hands to make that decision. And I'm walking. I don't ever want to hear from you again. You you go ahead and and, and have fun. Um, you, you, I'll help you make that. I'll help you along the road. You know, I'll help you make that decision. And she did." And she, she walked away, never, never looked back, and so, you know, he married the other girl, and God blessed them you know, with that. You know, hopefully, there's no you know, deep-rooted trauma or issues or distrust with that, but let me tell you something about God. God makes the best first choice, but you can't trust in something else and then hope God just picks up the slack. If you're going to have a faith walk, you're going to have a faith journey, you're going to trust God to be the one who is there, the rock on which you build your life, it's got to be Him. It can't be both. You can't build on a sandy foundation and on the rock at the same time. You have got to prioritize your faith in God. So if you're trying to figure out how to pray your way through this storm, you got to learn how to trust God. you got to learn how to set Him above everything else and say, I can do what I can do, and I'll do my very best. But in the end, if He does not do it, the thing just won't get done. I believe in God. I believe in His faithfulness. I believe in His promise. I prioritize Him no matter what else. The first thing I do whenever I go into a storm is I want to trust God. I want to say, God, I see it coming, whether it's slow or whether it's fast, and I am trusting in You. I'll do what I can over here. But in the end, God, I trust you and when the storms of life come your way you got to already have that trust established in God praying your way through a storm requires that you place your faith and your trust in God if you want to get through the storm you got to trust God first and foremost and finally you got to believe in God to get you through it, amen secondly you need to invest in your miracle I didn't say perform your own miracle, but I did say you need to invest in your miracle. What does that mean? I thought miracles was just God doing what God can do because I'm out of the picture. No, not really. Not if you really read very much about miracles. How many times does God require us to actively participate in our faith journey? He's not not just exercising because he's bored. Whenever he does the miraculous in our lives, what he is doing is he is guiding us and leading us and taking us on our own faith journey, which will strengthen our belief, our faith in him, which will draw us closer to him. So it really is a lot about us. God's already done all the miracles that that anyone could ask for. No one has any right or need to check his credibility for him to build his reputation any further. He's God. But we, need to, we need to invest in our miracle. The second thing you can do to help you pray through a storm is you can invest in the miracle that you're believing God for. God works miracles from the seeds of faith. But he requires those seeds. Amen? Faith is belief in action. Now, God can feed 5,000 people. But he chooses to do it from a root source of five loaves and two fish. Amen? Say what? What can I do? I, you know, and it's easy to just throw in the towel. You know, just throw our hands up and say, "Well, if God, you just do your thing." If you're going to do it, if not, you know, I, I'm. 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 No, there are things that you can do to actively believe. Now, that's an interesting, little bit of phraseology there. To actively believe, because theology is cheap, right? Theology really is like anybody can have right theology and just and, and parrot the right things and say the right things. But when you actively believe that, th- then you're starting to move a little bit. You're starting to invest yourself. I God, I actively believe. I'm acting. I'm living in such a way. I'm getting up in the morning and I am actively believing. I'm preparing myself. I'm preparing my home. I'm preparing my heart. I am preparing for the miracle. I believe, God, that you are going to do this in your time and your way, but I believe it. So I, I am just going right along expecting you to move. Five loaves and two fish. I believe you, God. So take this. Children of Israel, they march around Jericho, seven times, an active belief. It's not just a head thing. It's not just, can God do it? Mm, Yeah, sure. Now let's just see if he does. That's not how it works. That's not how faith works. Whenever I actively believe that God can and will move on my behalf, sometimes he takes the storm away. Sometimes he'll take you through the storm. Now, which of those is the greater miracle? I know which one you want, but let me ask you this, which one brings you closer to him? If he just disappears the storm and you don't need him anymore and you drift a little bit because you're not praying like you were, you're not seeking him, you're not leaning on him like you were, would you rather that or would you rather him come sit beside you? And ride that thing out with you day after day, week after week. And at the end of it, whenever you get through the storm, and you can look back and say, God, I'm grateful that you didn't just choose to blow all my problems away so that I could turn my mind toward things of the flesh and things of the world, but rather I had to hold so tight to you. But we walked through it together, and in the end, I was more with you, and I was more like you, and I was more in love with you than I'd ever been before. I'd rather walk through the storm with him. Amen. Invest in your miracle. Praying through a storm doesn't mean to stop trying and let go of the wheel and cut the anchor. There's three things that I read in that passage of scripture that Paul did, and Paul and the men of this ship. Number one, they lightened the load and got rid of some things. So if you're praying your way through a storm right now, and you're trying to walk through something that is difficult, um, there are some things that maybe not even sinful things, maybe they're not even horrible, terrible, bad things, but some things can make our load heavy and take our focus away. That you need to lighten up, lighten up. That's how I feel right now. Would <laughs> you lighten up? Check yourself. Check the load that you're carrying. Because sometimes we'll find ourselves carrying things that we have no need to carry anymore, and and, and spiritual loads and spiritual guilt. And and sometimes, whenever we come into God's manifest presence and we hear the Word of God preached, uh, then then we can start to let things go that don't matter. Because you know that's a problem that's been solved. Amen there. Sometimes we're carrying stuff. Uh, how many of you uh, have uh, you know automatic subscriptions to different things, especially the younger ones, you know? Uh, and, and some of those are good, and some of those you actually use a lot. I found out that I've been working out at Planet Fitness for two years. But I didn't know about it. But I've been carrying that subscription. you know. I got a couple that I'm actually using. And have you ever done that? You're like, I can't believe I'm still paying for that. I can't believe that's still coming out of my card. Oh, my goodness. Well, I haven't used that in weeks. I haven't done that in years sometimes. Sometimes we do that. You ever seen that? By the way, uh, Spectrum, Time Warner, don't trust them. Um, They will program... Mistakes sometimes, and there was a lawsuit about this, they will program mistakes into your billing cycle from time to time, at least at one point, you know, one service provider did, and there was over 500,000 mistakes over the course of a year that were programmed in there where they overcharged, and whenever they would, and it would, you know, your bill was supposed to be $65, and it came out 106 and you look at, oh, I don't know, that was weird, you know, some kind of charge there, well, a lot of people do that, right? Now the ones who are you know more bulldogish, you know they they call them excuse me, where's my nine ninety five? Give it back. What was this for? I want to know. Show me. And you know what they would? Yeah, hey man, I know you would. That's good. Somebody needs to call them out. And they would say, oh, um, oh, I'm so sorry. You know we've made a billing error. Tell you what, we're gonna put a fifty dollar you know, credit right back on your account. Thank you so much for working with us. You know we apologize. We've righted this wrong. Amen. But the thing is just a fraction of people would actually call that out. And so even when they were given credits, they seemed like they were the good guy. They were not the good guy. How many things spiritually are you still paying the bill for that Jesus paid on the cross? I'll come right back down here then. Some of you are carrying things and you are paying the bill in your own life for things that Jesus paid it all for. If you're a believer, then the sins that were once as crimson are now white as snow, no exceptions. And you're still subscribed to some lies of the enemy. He's still taking that out of you every morning when you look into the mirror and you see who you used to be, you know, still there in your own mind. And you are still subscribed to the fact that you're a sinner. You're still subscribed to the fact that you were weak and that you did these things and that you made these mistakes. You're still subscribed to a person that Jesus has changed. You are subscribed to a system of guilt and shame that has been rebuked and nailed to a cross. And the enemy's just sitting there programming mistakes. And he knows. He knows. He knows you've been forgiven. Liar. He's a liar. And here he is, day after day after day. Oh, my brother. Brother Steve. Steve, you still owe for that. So I want you to think about it all morning. About how you didn't handle that conversation right. Jerry, I want you to think about it. You remember way back in the day when you did wrong and you done this? The enemy, the devil, come to you and say, I want you to think about that. I want that to impact your day. I want it to impact your direction and your self-image and your image of God and his grace. And you're still paying it. Why don't we just unsubscribe? Amen. Hallelujah. You need to unsubscribe to the lies of the enemy over your life because it is forgiven and nailed to an old rugged cross. Number 2. That was a long, that was a long number 1. We in trouble. Amen. <laughs> it's good though, right? Not just good preaching, it's a good word. It's a good Raymond word from the Lord. Not from a man. The word of God is where we get this from. I am forgiven. And my sins he cast behind his back in the sea of his forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west, I am forgiven. You can get rid of some things. You can lighten the load. You can unsubscribe from some things. Number two, um, they drove the ship as best they could to a place of shelter. Now, this, uh, this island, uh, Brother Park, you said that, Clauda or Clouda? How would you say that? Clauda, Probably. I, I, it was an island that they drove, tried to, you know, get their ship behind as best they could to block themselves from, you know, the worst ravages of the storm. Let me tell you, you want to survive your storm, you want to pray through your storm, you need to find a place of shelter. And let me tell you, my brother, my sister, my friend, visitor, whoever you may be, there is no place like a loving church to find shelter from your storm. There is no place, you know, what does the, what does the Bible say all throughout the Psalms? To find shelter under the shadow of his wings. He is that shelter. He is that rock in the storm that will not move. He is the shelter. But whenever we come together in the church, you know, in an actual place where we come and we seek him in his house, the manifest presence of God, when he spreads his wings over his people, over his church, we find special shelter. We find things that we can't find nowhere else. You're not going to find that at a baseball game. You're not going to find that anywhere else. You're not going to find that at anywhere. You're not even going to find that in your friends and family find it in the shadow of the Almighty the shelter number three they undergird the ship with cables they supported it I want to say something about a girdle yeah you know, like some people you know, it's that's what that is you know whenever you support yourself you, know, you, you you put something on to support yourself you know they put supports on the ship to keep it together from busting apart in the storm Amen let me tell you, they, they undergird the ship a long time before, like you know people start wearing you know what you're thinking. So this is original. This is the original word. Support. 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 You need to allow yourself to be exposed to the support that God has provided. You're, going, you're walking through it. Read, read the Psalms. Read the Proverbs of God. Read the Word of God, and you will find yourself supported. You, 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 you start to pray. You get filled with the Spirit and begin to pray in the Spirit. You will find a support, a help. Amen? How many times do I need to teach this? You'll find a help who wouldn't help otherwise. Because you, you only have access through the blood of Jesus Christ, you know, through our salvation. That is to whom the Helper has been sent. Amen. Now, lastly, this is my, my last point. Or my last section. I have subpoints. I'm not going to lie about that. The third thing you need to do whenever you are praying through a storm is you have to come into agreement with the direction and destination that God has set. Okay, here's where it gets, you know, sticky. I've got to do some, some teaching because this is less fun, you know. Whenever you... If you're going to get through a storm by His power, by His strength, then you then you got to go where He's going to go. And you're going to ride it out on His timetable. That's the only way. Like, it is, it is a one-way ticket to God's plan and His will, and He would love for you to get on, but there's no variance. You don't get to use God's help and His support and walk with Him. You can't have God in the ship if you're sailing the wrong direction. It's just how it is. You can't have Jesus in the ship if you're going to sail off in the middle of nowhere and somewhere where your heart wants to go. you got to go where his heart wants to go. You got to go where his voice is leading you. But let me tell you, that may kind of, you know, oh man, I would really love for God to just help me to do the things that I want to do and take me to the places and destinations that I would like to go. Wouldn't you like to just sail the world with God as your co pilot wherever you wanted? That's not how it works. You got to walk his way, you got to heed his voice. Now, he will ride with you and you will be able to break any storm. But You gotta go his way. You gotta walk in his direction. And you gotta go and wind up plan to wind up in his destination for you. Can you trust his destination? You trust him to drive? You trust your spouse to drive? This is me me listening. I didn't roll my eyes into nothing. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Do you trust ya? Oh. Do you trust everybody to drive your vehicle? I don't. I don't. I don't. Because it. I, I, I've seen some of y'all drive. <laughs> Amen? I mean, not to point elbows or anything, but somebody passed me going near 100 miles an hour one time before sanctification kicked in, <laughs> and he didn't know it was me. He passed by me, and I'm a slow driver anyway. I do, I'd be doing the speed limit. Yeah. I'm hitting that 51 and a 50, pumping the brake lightly. I am. I do my best. And then somebody is just like, like a blue thunderbolt out of heaven. And now we're getting a very narrow. How many of you have blue cars? All right, we're safe then. You know, there's at least two or three. Yeah, it could be anyone. Now he's a good driver, but he'd be, he'd be flying. And I trust God to pilot my vehicle. I don't just trust him to manage the steering wheel and to make sure it doesn't wreck. I trust where he's going. Those are two very different things. Not only do I believe that he can drive it through, I believe he can drive it to where it needs to be with me in it. It's powerful. Confusion. To the direction of God's plan in your life, that that is so dangerous, right? The confusion that, that can come in. Yeah, confusion on direction and on how you want things done. I don't know why I put this in here, but let's see if I can remember by the end of it. Um, I remember reading this a long time ago, not that long ago, and it was uh, you know whenever I was you know first you know praying and you know the church is praying about the, you know the direction for the future and and you know I was praying about coming here and being um, honored to serve you know as the pastor and I don't know why but I remember reading this or somebody sent it to me and uh, this was like the declaration of the church you know body, the church board, this is what they said they wanted Um, and they said "Well, we want a preacher who's under 35 years old with 20 years of experience with lots of fresh new ideas, groundbreaking ideas on how we can stay the same that's good stuff isn't it (laughs) oh I love it I love it, and I love this church. Thank God, that's not that you know. We we want we want to see God do a new thing. We want you know we want to uh, we want to stay faithful in the same to the Word, but see God uh, manifest Himself in a powerful new way with a new vision and to go forward into you know into this community and go forward into the kingdom of darkness and do a new thing, setting souls free, saving, and healing. That's what we want. But we have got. To come into agreement with the direction and destination that God has set. Paul knew where he was supposed to be. And he knew that he was supposed to be there. And that is why it was easy to trust God to get him there. Now that was a little wordy. Let me hit you one more time. Paul knew where he was supposed to be. That was at Rome. He knew the location. And he knew that it was him supposed to be there. Right? And that's why I was eating to trust God. Let me preach you just for a couple minutes. I'm, I'm, I'm about to land the plane, okay? We're, we're going down. We're gears down. We're, we're going somewhere. So will you stick with me just for a couple minutes more as we try to preach and, 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 and land this in our spirits so where God can do something and change us and, and take us somewhere where he wants us to be. Amen? Who's with me? I am called to overcome my storm. You are called to win this battle. That is the plan. That is authoritatively from God. As, as your, your pastor or, or whatever you need me to be, prophetic, whatever it is, the storm that you are walking through, you are called. It is his plan for you to be victorious in him. It is not his plan for you to die there uh, to the chagrin of the enemy and to the humiliation of God. It is not his plan. He does not mean to be embarrassed and the enemy and and the flesh and the wickedness of this world to overcome. That is not his plan. Whatever storm you are facing today, no matter what the making, no matter how long you've been in it, it is not God's final place for you. It is not God's plan for you to die here. I believe it. First John 5 and 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this victory that has overcome the world is our faith. Are you born of God? Are you a born-again believer here today? Because if you are, then there is a plan in place that ends in your victory. He has called you to overcome the storm. He has called you to come out on the other side singing his praises above all else to glorify his name and for the furtherance of his kingdom. That's the plan. I just uncovered the plan. Because you didn't know what the plan was. But the plan was to overcome. We need to understand that. My faith must overcome whatever storm I face because Almighty God has declared it so. He will tear down the lies of the enemy. You don't believe that God has good for you. Go ahead, my brother. You don't believe that God has a plan for you to come out victorious on the other side of this thing. It is a lie from the enemy, and may it be rebuked because God is for you, and if He is for you, who can be against you? The lie of the enemy. Listen to this here. John 4 4 through 6, you are of God. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world. There's lies, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us, and he who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You know who that spirit of truth is? That's the Holy Ghost. John 16 and 13 says that that's the Holy Ghost, the spirit of truth when he has come. Amen. You're going to reveal Christ, right? So he he is the Holy Spirit. That is the spirit of truth. And so it's time to decide what is a lie and what is the truth. Because the voice of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit, calls us to overcome. And today I just rebuke every lying spirit by the power of the Holy Ghost. Every spirit, every foul and lying spirit. You can pray through a storm because God has a plan and a place for you. And it is not in the eye of this storm. Amen? So let me finish here. God loves you. God cares about you. And if you're here today and you are praying your way through a storm, the last thing I need you to understand is that you know you win. You know that this is not... He has given you the power to overcome and this is not where it ends. One of my favorite little lame illustrations. Me and Jess, you know, we, 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 we listened to these audiobooks, And it looked like the hero was going to die, you know, on his spaceship um, in the second book. But I did what I do many times. I went on Wikipedia and I said, you know, is this a trilogy? There were six more books. And he was on the cover of the sixth one. And I sat back and felt a lot better because I don't like it when they kill kill my people off, you know, right? (laughs) It takes the fun out of it for me. But I knew that no matter what happened in chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, I knew that that character appeared there. And let me tell you, if you get a word from God, don't let that thing go because what you know is that the the onus is on God. The the pressure is on God to be who He is as long as you believe and trust in Him. God called you to some place. Bow your heads with me. I'm going to declare this to you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God, help me. God has called you to some place beyond this storm. That's a big deal. He has called you to a time and a place beyond where you're at. And so I declare to you in Jesus' name that nothing that comes against you in this season or the one to come has authority to derail God's plan for your life, His purpose for you and your victory. God loves you and He has called you to a place beyond the storm. And His word is true. Amen.